This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, April 25th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Galley. Here's today's headlines. Senate confirms Purdue as USDA chief. Trump to sign executive order on farm regulations. Cotton and dairy fixes in play as negotiators try to close a budget deal. The Senate confirmed Sonny Perdue as the 31st U.S. Agriculture Secretary last night with an 87-11 to 11 vote. And the former Georgia governor isn't waiting to get to work. He'll be addressing USDA employees and the press this morning in the atrium of the USDA headquarters, surrounded by portraits of the past secretaries. Later in the day, Purdue will be heading to the Jefferson Room in the White House, where he'll take part in a roundtable discussion with farmers from around the country and President Donald Trump. The 15 farmers at the table, including Purdue, will represent a wide variety of agriculture production, including hog farmers, cattle ranchers, citrus producers, and dairy farmers. Ray Starling, special assistant to the president for agriculture, trade, and food assistance, said one of the primary questions Trump will be asking farmers is, How do we move the economic needle for agriculture? Well, it didn't take long after the Monday vote for farm groups like the American Farm Bureau Federation and the National Association of Wheat Growers and many others to begin sending out praise for the new USDA chief. One group especially pleased to have a southern leader in the president's cabinet is the National Cotton Council. The group's chairman, Ronnie Lee, said the U.S. cotton industry also believes that someone from the country's second-largest cotton-producing state well recognizes what is necessary to stabilize the U.S. cotton industry. We are excited and stand ready to partner with Secretary Purdue with a goal of getting programs and policies in place that will ensure our industry continues to contribute to the American economy. Purdue may be in place now, but it's been three months since Trump was sworn in, and there are still a lot of key vacancies at key positions at USDA. Starling said he expects those positions to begin filling up soon, but farm groups are anxious. The National Corn Growers Association said there are still more than 200 political appointments at USDA that have yet to be made. We strongly urge the administration to move quickly in filling these positions. Trump to sign executive order on farm regulations. Today is going to be a big day for ag in Washington. On the same day that Purdue takes office, President Donald Trump is scheduled to sign an executive order setting up a government task force to spotlight regulations deemed to be burdensome on farmers so they can be changed or eliminated. Over the next 180 days, the task force, led by Purdue, is expected to focus mainly on regulations coming out of the EPA, the FDA, and the Interior Department, according to Starling. Starling, who spoke at a gathering of the North American Agriculture Journalist, said FDA's Food Safety Modernization Act is likely to get close scrutiny because of producers' angst over provisions that would require the FDA inspectors to go on to farms. Cotton, dairy fixes in play as negotiators try to close a budget deal. Optimism continues to grow that a pending budget agreement will include assistance for cotton and dairy producers. The funding would not only provide immediate relief for those sectors, but also create a larger funding stream or baseline for those commodities as Farm Bill talks get underway. Without that baseline, lawmakers would likely have to cut the bill somewhere to find the money. 
That's a big factor in favor of including the cotton and dairy aid in the budget agreement, according to John Hoban, the North Dakota Republican who chairs the Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee. Michigan's Debbie Stabenow, the ranking Democrat of the Senate Agriculture Committee, has been insisting that dairy aid be included in the deal. She said it's not enough to just help cotton. We've got to help dairy and cotton both. Is China the new NAFTA? When it comes to trade priorities for the White House, China may have jumped in front of the line ahead of Canada, Mexico, and Japan, according to Ray Starling, as he spoke with reporters yesterday. Several weeks ago, Starling said he would have named renegotiating the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA, as the most immediate opportunity for expanding ag trade, followed by negotiations with Japan and then China. Now, after the warm meeting between President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping earlier this month, that order may be reversed. Starling said yesterday, there's plenty of potential there. I think our pork friends say for every percent of the Chinese market we can get, we get another $1 billion into the U.S. That's obviously huge. He said, I'm very excited about where we are in the China conversation. I think we could say the same about Japan. That seems to be going well. Farm economy going from bad to worse. About a fifth of U.S. farms are seriously squeezed economically, and that share may rise a little more this year as economic pressure deepens in a sluggish agriculture economy. That was the gloomy picture painted by USDA Chief Economist Robert Johannesson yesterday at a meeting of the North American Agriculture Journalists. Johannesson said farmers accumulated wealth when markets were stronger a few years back, but those times are over. The level of U.S. farmers' debt has continued to increase and will represent more than 20% of farm incomes, he said. The share of farm loans that are delinquent has also edged up to about 1.7% of all farm loans. Currently, Johannesson said, 20% of farms are in a tough situation, especially wheat and cotton growers and producing dairy farmers. Lighthizer to get committee vote. Today, the Senate Finance Committee is scheduled to once again meet for a vote on the confirmation of Robert Lighthizer to be President Trump's U.S. Trade Representative. The committee initially met on April 6, but members were torn over demands from Democrats that a waiver for Lighthizer was needed because he had previously represented a foreign government. Also, Democrats demanded the confirmation to be tied to legislation to fund the pensions and health care accounts for thousands of out-of-work miners. Yesterday, Finance Committee Chairman Orrin Hatch said, After months of delays and unprecedented demands, I'm pleased to announce that an agreement has been reached to consider Bob Lighthizer to serve as U.S. Trade Representative at a committee level. A separate vote will be held on the waiver, according to Hatch. Golf ball pieces spur hash brown recall. McCain Foods USA is recalling frozen hash brown products sold in several states because they may be contaminated with extraneous golf ball materials. Some of the two-pound bags of breakfast potatoes are Harris Teeter brand products and were distributed to stores in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., as well as Delaware, Florida, Georgia, and Maryland. As to how the contamination occurred, the company said that golf balls may have been inadvertently harvested with potatoes used to make the product. McCain suppliers may want to see if there are any driving ranges 
near their fields. It's not just golf balls that are causing recalls, though. USDA said Uncle John's Pride, a Florida company, was calling about 140,000 pounds of sausages after a metal magnet was found in the beef trim that sausage was made from. The sausages were shipped to retailers in Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, April 25th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson, and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Gallery.